Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. I've been battling breast cancer for the last six months. Becca, once newbie and now experienced enforcer, she's hatched out of her egg and manages business with authority and a smile. Well, you're taking it well. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. There was no thought of like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is that you may be listening to us, whenever you may be listening to us. Welcome to the BBC. I have Luba, the badass boss bitch. I have Becca here with me, the once egg and now turned enforcer. And I'm Ashley. And I don't ever get to do these amazing little intros. So this is like my woohoo for the day. I feel special. So we all know I am having a baby and we all know how much I love elephants and everything in this baby's (laughs) room is going to be about elephants. But we have another elephant in the room that I think needs to be addressed today. And I'm going to hand the mic at this point over to Luba and let her talk about this giant elephant. And then we'll, we'll come back with a little bit more insight after that, I think. (laughs) well um i don't know how else to say it but just did come out and um i gotta play that song i'm coming out (laughs) Uh, it doesn't get any easier um i've been battling breast cancer for the last six months and now my tears are going to start to flow (laughs) you didn't warn me that this is going to be emotional man god (laughs) insert drink water because you cannot cry and drink water at the same time did you know that shut up really yes i I just do it i I do it with any staff that cry (laughs) i always get them to drink water because it's impossible to does this have to be with a straw or can it be like anything because i'm not i'm that person that will like spit things out or they come out of my nose yeah. So I feel like it may still be a messy situation. Yeah, no, you drink and uh, and and you can't cry. It's virtually impossible. So yeah, so um, you two ladies are the very few that know about this. Um, I've kept it a total secret. Um, God, I was supposed to get through this easily. Um, was this coming. is why we always use humor. <laughs> this is why we always talk about things with well, humor. Listen. <laughs> because that's the only way we get life, through this so. shit. Listen, <laughs> seriously, I, I was looking forward to two things with getting cancer. One, I was actually going to get skinny. And two, I was going to lose my pubic hair. like and that's literally like where I started to lose my hair first but I was like okay cool like I'm gonna finally get thin and I'm gonna lose my hair down there well I'm literally the fattest baldest cancer patient out there (laughs) um I actually gained weight from chemo 
So no one knew I was sick and they just thought I was carrying like quarantine weight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I actually gained a ton of weight, 10 pounds actually in chemo from the steroids. Wow. Oh, so water weight or? That's what they pump in you. It's all the steroids and it depends what type of chemo they give you and stuff. So um, the nurses were actually, the nurses and my oncologist were quite happy because if you gain weight through, um, through chemo, you're actually doing well, like your body's not Mm -hmm. rejecting anything. Um, so they actually want to see you gain weight or keep the same, but they definitely don't want to see you lose weight. So every time they step on the scale, every time I step on the scale, they were like, Oh, you gained five pounds, three pounds. And I was like, Oh, let me take my watch off. Let me take my ring off. Let me take this off. Take my shoes off. Oh my God. Take off the wig, the hat. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So speaking of, of wigs, um, I have to give a huge shout out to Trish. That's Trish. Oh my God. Um, she shaved my head. And um, she actually shaved it the day that the girls in Vegas did the training at Aveda. So I was like giving them like the whole, the girls, the pet, cause that was the very first training seminar that I didn't attend. It was, wow. they, they did it completely on their own and they did a great job. Um, and I was getting my head shaped because my hair was going to start to fall out. And uh, the best advice that I got from someone that went through breast cancer was you don't want to be in the shower and have your, your hair come out in lumps. So the best thing to do is just shave it off. And, um, and then I got like, I got like Mr. Clean, like bald, like all my hair fell out. Like it doesn't even stay like little stubble, like everything falls out. You just, you're like a, like a, like a eel, like a wet eel. Like you're just hairless <laughs> everywhere. I was thinking like a baby or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like thinking. a wet eel. Like you just, <laughs> like a baby. So you're wet, like an eel. <laughs> Listen, I like. I'm here to tell you, like, there's nothing sexy about cancer. Like, it literally strips everything from you. Like, you just don't feel like yourself right down to, like, your skin. Um, yeah, so Trish shaved my head. Um, she also waited um, for the girls to, because Trish is, for those of you that haven't listened before, Trish actually is a partner with us at the Vancouver location, and she rents the backspace, and she does hair. So she would actually wait till the store was closed. So my staff weren't there. Um, And that's when I would come in um, to get measured from my wigs or to shave my head or to whatever needed to be done. So I stopped buying shoes and I went on a massive shopping spree of um, scarves and wigs. And then I started buying wigs almost in bulk, if you will, in different stages of growth. So then when I kind of came out on my Instagram about my pixie cut and how, oh, I've like, I've always wanted to do this and why I'm 40 now, like, let's just try it. That post took two and a half hours to write because 90% of it was bullshit. I never wanted a pixie cut. I never wanted to cut my hair short. This year, I actually wanted to grow my hair long, um, but I wasn't ready to to tell people. Um, And I think it comes from a place of not being in control, which I've never really experienced before. Um, not able to fix it, which I, I feel like that's, that's my role in being an entrepreneur is you constantly are fixing things. Um, and I felt defective as a human. And I felt like I did something to deserve this. Um, 
so yeah, so I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to to come out. And um, everyone has a link to cancer, I think, because it's so big. And my link was my, my dad. My dad died of lung cancer when I was 13. And he got so, so sick. Um, and I remember him literally just wasting away in front of me. And when I got the news from my doctor, that's what I thought was going to happen to me. Like, I just, I just thought I was going to die. Um, Becca was probably one of the first to know. Um, everything happened at once. It was, you know, I was still mourning the death of my mom. She had just, you know, the one year anniversary of her death had just passed. Both my businesses got shut down because of COVID. $40,000 worth of skincare arrived in our stores because we were launching Bright. And I think a week after the skincare dropped, I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, you know, talking to Becca and being like, I just like, I woke up and it just, it hurt on my right hand side. Like it felt like I had been working out like sore muscles and, uh, you know, went to my doctor, did the whole biopsy thing. And I know Becca checked in on me and she's like, you know, are you doing okay? And I was like, I think I actually wrote, Oh, it's cancer, babe. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Cause at first she thought maybe, or the doctors thought it might've been like a clogged duct or a cyst or something like that. And then it wasn't going away with antibiotics. And then I checked and she, it, that's word for word. Was, it's cancer, babe. <laughs> well, you're taking it well. <laughs> well, it's, you know, as a business owner, you just feel like you have to be strong because you think like your entire team could fall apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my feelings towards cancer, which is like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, I could only imagine, especially for the Vancouver, sorry, the, the Vegas team, who the majority of them are quite fairly new, like less than a year for the majority of them that they've been with me. Um, they just went eight weeks without being paid, right, for with COVID for unemployment. It took a long time for the U.S. to pay them. Their boss can't be there because of the travel ban. And then to be like... And then to be like, oh, by the way, I have cancer would, to me, just put them in absolute shock on job security. What's going to happen with the store? Is she going to die? Am I going to have a job? Like, it was just stress that I didn't want to put on the staff, period. And and that's a huge reason why I, I kept it a secret as well as I just didn't think that that was that maybe if the whole like COVID thing didn't happen but they went so long without being paid and such uncertainty in the, in the U S that I couldn't bring myself to be like, Oh, by the way. Um, yeah. It's been, I feel like I've been fighting a war. Um, and winning. I was just going to say, and winning you're winning. So like, this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, so I'm going to live, which is great news. Um, but, um, it, it, yeah, it's just, it affects you in, in every way. 
I've completed chemo. I can't even remember how many rounds of chemo I had, but it was several months. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in biweekly and then weekly. Um, I have triple negative um, stage 2B breast cancer, which is the most aggressive form of breast cancer. Um, so shout out to Kylie Minogue because we're breast cancer twins. That's exactly the type that that she had. Um, but yeah. Now, I, I, how do they come up with, what is it? Sorry, it's triple X? Triple B. Oh my goodness. Oh, triple B. Triple negative, triple, 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 triple X. Do so you see where my head went? <laughs> yeah. X-rated, okay. So how do they come up with, or where do they get that terminology from? Like, is there double negative and single negative? Or there's, tri- is- there's triple positive. There's There's a whole bunch. So like when I got breast cancer, I like I didn't know there was a whole bunch of type types. I don't like, think most people know that there's a million and yeah. one different types. I think it it's was, you you just think it is what it is and and that's it. And there's I was, nothing. Yeah, I, I was I was really embarrassed because like when they just said like you have breast cancer, and then I remember the first time everything just like everything starts just to be like a mishmash in your head because you're overloaded with so much information. Um, and especially with me, with my situation, because I was diagnosed in COVID, all elective surgeries were canceled. So the hospitals and doctors literally were available. So my chemo started less than two weeks after my diagnosis. I had my mammogram, my ultrasound and the biopsy all in the same day. And when they did the ultrasound and mammogram um, and they finished that, they said, can you come back in two hours and do a biopsy? Like that's how wide open their schedule was. So everything happened very quickly for me. And I think on top of that, because my my cancer was very aggressive and very high risk that they needed to get me in right away to start treatment. Mm-hmm. So when I went to um, the doctor that was supposed to tell me um, the news, but I had already known from my family doctor, um, when I found the lump and I had contacted him, one of the things that I said to him is that um, I had a really bad feeling about it. And like Becca said, um, everyone was, you know, the few people that I told were, were like, oh, it's just like, it's just a little lump because you started your period. I get these little lumps all the time. They go away. Well, that's never happened to me. The doctor said, well, you're too young for breast cancer. You just turned 40 um, and you could feel it. You can't feel cancer. So he's like, this is all really great news. So he goes, it's a, it's an infected gland. I'm putting you on, on antibiotics. And he goes, and then I want to see you in a few days and do a manual exam. I'll come into the office for you. Um, and then like Becca said, after like three days of antibiotics and nothing, it didn't go down. I knew, like, I just knew in my gut that, that it was cancer. Um, so yeah, so he called and he gave me the news. So I already knew when I went to go see the, the doctor that was supposed to give me the news. Um, and that's where she diagnosed me with it, with a triple negative. So there's a whole bunch of other ones. Like I couldn't be treated with hormones because my mm-hmm. cancer doesn't react to hormones. Uh, maybe a triple positive could, I don't know enough about it, but there's all different types. And then that's how they base your treatment. Um, so because mine's so aggressive, I had, I, I have to do absolutely everything, chemo, surgery, and, um, radiation. Some people only go through radiation. Some people only go through chemo. Some people, I think, maybe only go through um, the surgery. But it all depends on the type that you're diagnosed with. What type of surgery are you having? And did you get to 
choose? Did they give you an option of the type of, of surgery that you could have? So they basically gave me an option for everything with the exception of like, I needed to have chemo. Like that was just a given, but I did have the option. Like, do you want to do surgery first or do you want to do chemo first? Do you want to do this? Here's like the positives and the negatives of doing this. Um, I'm having a, um, a lumpectomy and obviously when this podcast will be posted, I will be done surgery. Um, but as we're recording today, I go into surgery in two days on Friday. Um, and that means that they'll just take uh, a bit out of my right breast um, and remove what could be possibly left with little cancer cells that cannot be seen on the mammogram or the um, uh, mammogram or the ultrasound. So my last mammogram ultrasound, there was nothing. They could not see anything. However, cancer can grow little arms and that's what they need to kind of go in with the camera and search that area and scoop out what may have been been left. Um, but I get to keep the girls, which I'm very, very happy about. Um, I was going to be devastated if I had to have a mastectomy. I was like, like I said, like cancer literally strips everything from you. And I think as a woman to like to lose your breasts is very, very hard. Um, you definitely stop complaining about stuff. <laughs> like I used to always complain my boobs would get in the way of like golf or my shirts wouldn't, you know, um, do up all the way or I had to like sew in extra buttons um, and you stop complaining about stuff like that and you just become very grateful to have them. So when she told me that it was just going to be a lumpectomy and I definitely had the option, like if I wanted to do a mastectomy, I could. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a gene test on me. Because I have zero family history, and what I mean by that was, you know, I never met my, my biological grandparents. Um, my mom was an only child. My dad was an only child. So no brothers oh, wow. and sisters, aunts and uncles, and I'm an only. So when they, you know, put me through this quiz of do you have any family history of cancer, the only person I had was my dad, and he was a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. So they related that together on, okay, that's most likely why he got cancer, not necessarily the reason for it, but most likely why he got cancer. Do you have any other family history? And I was like, no. So they sent me for the largest gene test that's ever been done in Canada before. Oh, wow. Everything. Full sweep. <laughs> Full sweep. And I remember like I literally lost so much sleep because I was waiting to see if I carried the breast cancer gene. And if you do carry it, they recommend doing a mastectomy. So it came back that my genes are perfect. Uh, I'm clean in that way. Um, So I was able to move forward with with just doing the lumpectomy. Nice. Now, did you learn anything else in that gene? Like, do they let you know where you're from or antrosope? Sorry, Becca. Do you think cilantro tastes like soap? Apparently there's a gene that determines if you like cilantro. Oh no. So it's not, it's not like, it's not like the, um, cause I have the, what is it called? 23 like, or like that ancestry or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. 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 Oh, so it's I not have, one of those. No. What, like, oh, this is what I'm cool. picturing. I was like, oh, that's no. kind of cool. They're going to tell you kind of like where you're from and no, who is your daddy and what does he do? Like <laughs> it's, it's funny because 
my, was it my oncologist when I told her, because I have 23 in me and it said that I most likely don't carry the cancer gene. I was even like embarrassed to tell her, but I was like, oh, well, I don't think I carry it because 23 in me says that I don't. <laughs> so one of the doc, yeah, I think it was my oncologist. She was just very much like, uh, yeah, that's pretty much just uh, like, what do you call it? Like, it's just kind of almost for fun. Like there isn't a whole lot of medical background that goes into mm-hmm. it. Um, and then my surgeon was, she was probably just being nice to me, but she was like very interested to like look at it. Um, but it did come back as, as nothing. So all you learn is, and all the, all the genes that they looked for was a cancer gene, like throughout like everything. Right. So that's what they, they looked for that. I wouldn't carry any other genes for any other area that, um, that could be cancerous in, in the future. Um, wild. Yeah. I, I, I spoke to two people that um, that had cancer and beat it when I first was diagnosed. And they both said something to me and it, and it blew my mind. And I remember thinking to them, thinking like, these people are fucking crazy. Like they're crazy. But what they said to me was, um, cancer is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And I can tell by just like, <laughs> looking at you guys that you're like okay <laughs> where is this going and right? uh, like, what kind of a response are you looking for from us because that's well, I mean I, like I would I pro- I had the same response as you guys are probably having like I was like this they're crazy like who would say that who would say that and I remember like being diagnosed on Sunday afternoon when it was beautiful out and I just went numb and I sat on my like my makeup stool and I faced it towards the backyard off my master bedroom, which I have never spent any time in, in five years that I've lived here. And I remember thinking to myself that I would burn down this house and everything in it to make the cancer go away. Like nothing, nothing mattered anymore. Not like not the home that I worked so hard to have, not the things that I worked so hard to have, like nothing mattered. Money didn't matter. Things didn't matter. I just wanted it to go away. So then when I talked to these two people and they were like, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened. I was like, you're fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would give up, I I would be homeless to have my health. Mm -hmm. And um, as I, I've went through it, it was probably like a good two months. I finally called I called them both, but I called this one, one person first. And I said, I finally get what you mean. And I think what happens is when mortality slaps you across the face, you start to look at things very, very differently. And I almost was like an outsider looking into my life on all different aspects of from my um, acquaintances that are around me to my friends that are around me to my business, to my employees, my partner, Jake, um, you look at everything and you start to realize what's important and what's not and why you do certain things and why, like why you do them. Um, why there's certain people in your life and who, who should have a seat at your table and who should be removed. Um, how much negativity certain people can bring into your life that you don't look at when, you know, you're healthy and you're jumping in and out of bed and, 
everything's fine. And, you know, the small things that used to get under your skin don't get under your skin anymore. But it's been a huge learning lesson for me on people that I need to remove from my life, um, situations that I need to remove myself from. And that's been the silver lining in getting cancer. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, this gentleman said that I spoke to where he said, you know, it's the best thing that happened to me. And I think with how stubborn and how determined and how black and white I live my life, I needed something massive to happen to me to start to change my ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it happened to me at 40 and not 70. So I have the opportunity to change my life moving forward now and have another, you know, hopefully 50, 60 years and not be on my deathbed and be and be like, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have changed this. I wish I didn't, you know, let the negativity get to me. So it's kind of been a blessing. <laughs> Makes you take inventory of your life. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Like professionally and personally. Um, you know, one of the things is like, I, I notice that, you know, I always kind of put Jake on the back burner, right? Like my mom always came first, the business came second. And then if I had time for Jake, there was time for Jake. But if I didn't have him through all of this, there's no way that I would have gotten through this. Mm-hmm. But it took that much to realize how much I've, I've neglected a personal relationship mm-hmm. and how much energy I gave to other relationships that definitely were not worth it and probably very toxic. Mm-hmm. And how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I look at like other people that I've dated in the past being like, there's no way that they could have went through this with me, yes. nor would I want them to. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a special person to, to get through something like, like this with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, even the way that I conduct business on it, like on a day-to-day basis, like it's just been a huge wake-up call, a huge wake-up call. Um, yeah. It's like you don't realize your health until it's gone. And then that's all you can think about. And it really shows you that that's really the only thing that matters first. It's, it's then If you don't have that, you don't have anything else. You don't. You don't. I mean, I remember the oncologist telling me when I was first diagnosed, because you get so um, your white blood cells go down so much, your hemoglobin goes down and you literally cannot risk any cold or infection. Mm -hmm. I remember her telling me like, you're not going to travel. You're not going down to the US. You're not, you know, going down to She's like, I know that you have international businesses. You're not going to be able to go down. And this was still kind of like early COVID. And we didn't really know what was, was happening with travel and stuff like that. Um, and I just remember being like, oh my God, like the spa show, <laughs> the, you know, like going down and traveling down there and being with the girls and my business is down there. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm not, and she's like, well, you're going to be in chemo and you're high risk. You cannot get sick, especially with COVID. Yeah. And I was like, your life changes completely in all the normal things that you would do are gone. I remember she said, no gym. Yeah. 
like you can't you can't go to the gym and I was like well what about like with my personal trainer and it's funny because my oncologist trains at the same personal training studio as me wild oh cool small world yeah so I didn't know her from from that um but when I told her she's like well where do you go and I we thought we'll go to the same place um she was like no she's like being around your trainer is is high risk like you can't so I'm very thankful that all of this happened during COVID. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. it's almost a blessing in disguise yeah. that there's a travel ban. And even if you wanted to travel, you're, you're not allowed to travel. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild. And even just like waking up and feeling the pain when, you know, when like the doctors were like, you don't feel cancer, this is good news. Only 3% of people feel cancer and go in and do something about it. My, this year would have been my first year to get a mammogram 40, which to me, like now having breast cancer is way too late, but this year, and I'm still sitting here going, I, that sounds so young to me to start getting a mammogram. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it should be even earlier, like 35, I would say at the, at the least, if not sooner. Um, but I was booked in for my first mammogram and for 2020 and then COVID hit and everything was canceled. So if I didn't wake oh. up with pain that morning. You wouldn't have never known until way later. Until way later. Wow. And then I could have been at a different stage. And this could have been a whole different story of it, you know, spreading yeah. my lymph nodes and, you know, all of that. So I'm I'm grateful that it happened during COVID. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things, you know, I told the girls in Vancouver is, and I, I can't, I can't be in the store. Like this is how many people were allowed. If I come into the store, then that means that you get to take less clients. So that's the way kind of back and I worked around that mm-hmm. the travel ban for the U S like, I just keep saying, well, there's a travel ban. There's a travel ban. Yeah. Legally I could go because I'm on a work, like I'm on a, a visa an investor's visa. I could go if I needed to go. Majority of the people don't know that though. They just know that there's a travel ban. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of worked in my favor with the girls um, down there. There's nothing going on for events. So it's not like I'm ignoring, missing anything. Yeah. And I'm not ignoring my friends because a lot of my friends don't know. Like I, when I say that only a handful of people know, I truly only have told a handful of people. Um. And so, you know, for them, if, if they were inviting me out and I wasn't coming out, then that, that would be a different story. But with COVID, you know, yeah. you could, I, can, I have completely hid behind it 100%. Yeah. 100%. Wow. I'm like, how do people not know? <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm, I'm like, I'm. How are you able? But I guess if you're not going anywhere, you're not seeing people. Yeah. You can still have it's phone conversations. Yeah, and realistically, nobody's any of the wigs these days. Like all of your wigs look like your hair. You would never mm-hmm. ever know. Oh, girl, that it I, wasn't your hair. I have so spent the money on those wigs. <laughs> Yeah, to make them look nice. Yeah, and like I'll literally like because I like nothing has really changed as far as you know. I've shown up to every podcast. I've shown up to every staff mm-hmm. meeting that we've had that Beck and I have needed to be on. I've been on every single management meeting. Um, I've done uh, a live news. What is it? A, a news segment for um, Channel right. Three in Vegas while I was had cancer. We did two webinars or one webinar. 
two that yeah. I attended with cancer. Um, yeah, I did a radio show with my girlfriend, Joanna, and that was on, on zoom as well. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, I, I put on my wig and am I in um, all my different stages of growth? So it looks like my hair is growing out so I could continue with the lies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't was- think anybody's even that observant that they would notice. Like people would just assume like, Oh, mm-hmm. she just got a haircut. Oh, she just had another haircut. Like yeah. nobody's, yeah. nobody's really I always think I compare it to like, you know, when you have an outfit and that's some shitty comparison, but you have it, you have an outfit and you wear it and maybe one of your favorites, but you wear it on Monday and then the next Wednesday rolls around and you go to pull out that same outfit. You're like, is somebody going to notice that I wore this like five days ago? Nobody really notices, but you feel like everybody knows you just wore that outfit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just the whole like insecurity with everything, right? That you're obviously making it a way bigger deal than like everyone's got their own shit. Yeah. No one cares about my cancer. Like that's my bag of shit to deal with. Like everyone has Mm -hmm. something going on. There was only one person um, that I, that I told that I finally told. And he was like, I knew it. He goes, I knew as soon as Um, you made that post that something was wrong and that you were sick. He goes, because we had a conversation about you, you um, growing out your hair and all of a sudden you just chopped oh. There was one person. They had insider intel then. They knew that you wanted long hair. Yeah. It'll be interesting now to see how many people will say like, oh, I had a feeling or I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see like who of your friends say that they could tell it's like when someone becomes pregnant and you're like oh I definitely knew it. yes oh my god I had so many of those so (laughs) many people were like oh my god I knew it and I'm like I was shocked I was no you didn't because I was shocked so I go how the hell did you know and I'm like I didn't even know like (laughs) yeah I yeah. thought, damn it, I'm getting the flu. Like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there was no thought of like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant. Like, no, there was none of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also need to give like a huge kudos and shout out to Becca, the enforcer, who literally stepped in to a role of the egg <laughs> and then went through a pandemic running two stores and then has kept this whole secret um, from both staff in both countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you, Becca, for for everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, not my story to tell. <laughs> but also, and you handled it so well. Like your energy has been up, and you haven't been sick that much, like with nausea and vomiting. So really, like it hasn't impact your work that much other than not being able to visit both locations but again COVID is a great veil for that mm. yeah it, it, it was wild because I know that there was a couple couple staff meetings in Vegas that we did where I was like I was like laying in bed and I was just too sick and I was like mm-hmm. oh, I'm just doing audio because my camera's broken it's not working there's like a couple situations like that technology is so hard <laughs> right um and especially with me like I kind of pride myself in the business of like you know get get on a get on a FaceTime call like talk to each other so you can see the reaction now I'm like holy fuck like you know Chloe's calling me on FaceTime I'm like where's my wig it's <laughs> right or like the other you know the other issues that I was having is my eyelashes are gone 
So wearing false lashes, they continually fall off because your eyes water and you don't have any of that natural protection. So my eyelashes are always like, there's always one that's like slightly off. <laughs> I, you know, I did a podcast yesterday um, and same thing. It was like off when I did the channel three news, I think, yeah, Becca, you were there and I was like, ah, like all of a sudden I've got this one eyelash that's like up here. Camera was far away. Couldn't yeah. So those are, those are the great things. Joys. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely like, I know you don't necessarily like to hear this, but you're definitely one of the strongest people that I know. Yeah. Like you emotionally, physically business, like you, you are such an inspiration and your sure willpower to get through this and to continue on is it's so admirable. Mm -hmm. I'm out of water. <laughs> Fucking elephant. Damn onions. There's onions in the room. The elephant Everywhere. left and the onion came in. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but thank thank you for that. I have a hard time accepting compliments and giving compliments. So thank you for that. Um and, and, and I have to honestly say, as somebody who's known you for 10 years, if I saw you cut your hair, my first response would have been like, oh shit, what the hell's going on in her relationship? <laughs> like yeah, that's like the breakup move. <laughs> like, she's starting something new. Oh shit! <laughs> I was, I literally was like, if I do this now, my businesses have been shut down. I'm just going to go crazy, Britney Spears. And I know we talked about it on, on one of the podcasts. I was like, I'm just going to shave my head like Britney. Like I was like, I'm like doing all these little things to kind of be like, oh, that like everything's totally normal. Again, making it a way bigger deal because no one cares. But when you're in it, you think that people are like mm -hmm. judging or looking or mm, something's not right. And you just want to keep this whole facade of that everything's okay. And that's mm -hmm. obviously like my issue to deal with because that's how I was raised, right? Like mm -hmm. no, no matter what was going on with the family, everything on the outside needed to look perfect. That's that Eastern European yeah. stiff upper lip. Yeah. 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 So I think yeah. that's kind of where, where my issues were. And obviously, you know, like I never dealt with my dad's death properly. So that was like a mm -hmm. whole other issue of, it, it just brought up like a lot of bad, bad feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of bad feelings. Um, you know, when like, and like cancer takes you to such a dark place. And I remember thinking like, when I got the diagnosis, Jake had just left to, um, to the driving range and I was all by myself. And I remember thinking for like, you know, it was a, a split second, but I was just like, I'm just going to go into my medicine cabinet and take all of the pills because I would rather end my life the way that I want to end it than go through cancer and be sick and see what my dad went through. Mm. And that's where like, there's so much education behind all the different types of cancer and all the different types of chemo and all the different treatments, but we all have some sort of connection to it. And if it was a long time ago, it's not a good connection. There's not a, like a really good story, you know, back then or yeah. with certain, I can't even say with certain types of cancer because people are living through lung cancer now when before it was a death sentence. 
right? But it's it takes you to some dark, dark places. And, you know, for for women especially, like it just strips everything, your eyelashes, your eyebrows, your breasts, your skin, your hair. Um, I always said that I felt like there, there's an alien that's living inside of me. Like I just never felt right, but I couldn't describe what was wrong. Mm-hmm. So Jake would always be like, well, like, what do you, like, what do you mean? You don't feel right. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, I can't even explain it. You just don't feel like yourself. Your hands don't feel like yours. Um, my nails were, were falling off and mm-hmm. they were blistering underneath and lifting the nails. And you could literally like see halfway down my nails. If you, if you look at them direct, um, there were days, it was almost probably a month where I couldn't open up my hands. They were completely kind of crippled and I would have to sleep like this and do everything. I couldn't hold a glass. Um, I remember Jake taking me to, to lunch for the first time and I picked up my glass of water and I spilt it everywhere because I, I couldn't hold on to things. I couldn't make the bed. I couldn't do laundry. I'm not going to say I couldn't cook because I just choose not to cook. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the cancer. No. But Jake's such a good cook that why? Yeah, why, you wouldn't even. You know, why try. mess with it anyway? <laughs> you, you lose your taste buds. That's the other thing. You lose your taste buds. Like it's oh. everything away. So yeah, it's been it's been hard. But there's some really great things that are coming from this a lot of good things that have already come from it and the kick in the ass that I needed to change my life mm-hmm. now Luba I want you to talk about was it Chinese medicine or Japanese uh, medicine ancient yeah. ancient mm-hmm. Asian medicine I guess is the, the correct ho- term the hocus pocus yes but it's interesting and it's worth mentioning because yeah take it away <laughs> this, is, this, this is wild so I was referred to a Japanese healer who's literally down the street from me. His name is Tad. He's Japanese. He's an older gentleman. And I went to him when my mom passed. It was recommended when, when oh. my mom passed. And he does like, it's very hard to explain because it's like Reiki, but he's actually touching, he's touching your body sometimes in some aspects, but it's not like a massage. It's very quick movements. Um, and you're, you're fully clothed. And I guess, it, I guess what it is, is he, he's moving energy mm-hmm. is what it's like, but it's very hard to describe. And at the end, he does this big like circle with his hands. And then he like puts his hand like very forcefully like towards you and kind of does this like shooting sound, but he's not touching. You. So it's very, it's very odd. Like it's definitely not Western medicine in any way. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird if you don't know what it's all about. And I've done Reiki and stuff like this, but this was just different. So I saw him a couple of times when my mom passed. And then when I got diagnosed, um, of course, people are telling you like, oh, you need to do um, a natural path. You need to do IVs and you need to do this. And I have to actually say this to anyone that's listening, that's going through cancer is do not do anything where you're inject or um, injecting anything into your body or physically taking anything, even herbs, unless you talk to your oncologist. So what I found out was there was this place in town and they specialize in cancer treatments and they're a natural path. I found out from my oncologist that it can actually stop the chemo from working. 
all natural wow. vitamins, what like it, it would actually have stopped my treatment. So that was a huge eye opener to me. So moving forward, I was like, well, I'm just going to see Pat because not like he's not injecting anything. I feel good when I leave. Um, I try to meditate when I'm, when I'm there for an hour and a half, like it's just, it just, I feel good. And that's what Jake said. Like Jake is not a believer in any of this stuff. And he's like, you know what, every time you come back, you're just, you know, you're happy, you're calm. If that's what makes you feel good through all of this, then continue going. So I went every two weeks, every two weeks, I did my first round of chemo and halfway through the first round, the tumor started to grow again. So it shrunk and then it started to grow back. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I was going in, I was telling him what was happening. And on one of my treatments, he was over top my breast area with his hands just held above it. And he was meditating over it. And I kind of, I'm laying on the bed and I'm like, mm, this is taking longer than usual. And I opened up my eyes and he goes, Louis, oh. that's what he calls me. Oh, I just got, um, he goes, Louis, we make big surprise for doctor. Well, it's a really bad Japanese accent. We make, <laughs> we make big surprise for doctor. No cancer, mammogram, ultrasound. We make big surprise. I give you extra energy. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> all right. And I just like meditate. Like I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. The cancer is gone. Meditating. Three weeks later, two weeks later, whatever it is, I go for my ultrasound um, and I'm in there and I'm watching the tech and I can see on the screen and all I see is like big black circles everywhere on the screen. And I'm literally like, oh my God, the cancer is spread and I'm littered with it. Like that's all that, because I remember seeing like a, a black circle on the first one and being like, oh, that's kind of odd. And now I just see a whole bunch of black circles and he's checking the other breast, which I don't like, I don't have cancer there. It didn't spread there. So I'm like, oh my God, like it is spread everywhere. And he could tell that I was stressed about it. And he goes, oh, don't worry about what you're seeing. Those are just all like, they're, they're cysts, like they're, they're full of water. So you know how you like feel your boobs and they just cut, like, they feel lumpy, but it's a normal kind of lumpy. Mm -hmm. So he was like, it, it's fine. And I was like, okay, the tech can't really say a whole lot. Like, no, this is, this is not good. Then he leaves and there's a knock on the door and I'm still on the bed and another tech comes in. And he's like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm just here to, to double check some stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is, this is bad. So then I wait like three, four days, whatever it is, for the results. I go see my, my oncologist and she's like, great news. We can't find any cancer. Mm -hmm. Everything is gone and it's clear and we can't find anything. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember looking at Jake and I was like, and he's like, oh, this is great news. We need to celebrate this. And I, and I looked at him and I'm like, do you remember what Tad said like two weeks ago? And he just looked at me and his eyes kind of went, oh my God. <laughs> and I, I said, I was like, he was like, we make big surprise for doctor. No cancer on ultrasound. Cancer. Will I'm be a believer. 
I am. Yeah. I, that's it. I'm a believer. Done. Right? I crazy. am a believer. Like, and, and I then I remember seeing him like a week after that, and he he always like you always sit in a chair, and he gets down on his knees, and he talks to you before every session, and he's like, Lubasan, how are you feeling?" And I just started to cry, and I was like, "My God, Chad! Like, I I had the ultrasound, and they said there was no cancer. They can't find anything. They can't see anything." And his eyes like lit up, but it's like he knew. Mm-hmm. Like it was like when my oncologist told me that there was no cancer, she was like, congratulations. Her eyes lit up. She was like, this is great news. She was more surprised than the Japanese healer. Mm-hmm. And she sees patients all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's thousands of years of knowledge and medicine and whether or not it was that and a combination of your western treatments yes the power of the mind yeah you know and, and that was another like I could, we, we had this conversation on the podcast too like my mind doesn't sit still I can't get through like an hour of yoga or meditation and that's something that I've been doing on the a daily a daily oh, basis really? or if I if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep I do meditation mm. so that's been a big huge change in me as well um yeah and I guess you know the other thing that I just want to talk about cancer and stuff too is that it's literally like winning the lottery the shit fucking lottery there is no rhyme or reason that people get it um you're you've literally just been selected and that's one thing that the oncologist told me is that if you tell people they'll start to say like Oh, it's because you're highly stressed. That's probably why you got cancer. Oh, you know, you, you got, you're mm-hmm. a smoker. That's why you got cancer. Um, you've got a bad diet. That's why you got cancer. Oh, you, you lived near like um, radioactive towers. That's why you got cancer. Like people will just say whatever they need to say. Um, there's been things like people have said that if you don't breastfeed, you're most more likely to get cancer. Um, If you don't have children, you're more likely to get cancer. So there's like all these different things. And my oncologist said, I'll tell you right now that the woman sitting in your chair just before you has seven children and she has breast cancer. Like there is no rhyme or reason. It's the shit lottery. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so hard to cure because there's no pinpoint reason why you get it you know like diabetes that's very easy to tell are you going to get type 2 your diet is poor maybe you don't exercise some of it's genetic yeah but it's it's a lot easier for the doctors to research and you know they invented insulin I think people need somebody to blame (laughs) like people need somebody to blame or something to blame people it's too hard to accept something that you can't understand yeah, that it's just random because then mm-hmm. it makes it scary that it could happen to you too. Yeah. Yeah. We need so the moral control. of the story is do a breast exam, get checked and go early. for your mammogram early. Yeah. And I know too, like in the US, I know that they're not covered. Spend the $150 and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the sooner it. that it's detected, the cure, more curable it is. Um, yeah, I mean that that would probably be my my best advice is don't, you know, 40 is too late. I don't know why and I, I don't know if that's like a 
Canada rule for it to be covered or whatever. But mm-hmm. 440 is, is too late. And it's, it's wild too, because sometimes I wonder, like, how long has it been there? Like, when Before did it Before you felt it, yeah. yeah. How did, like, when did it start to grow? So, yeah, I'm definitely in a VIP club because, you know, 3% of people actually feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? I think it was 5% or 7% of people's nails fall off. I was in that club. <laughs> you I, gotta I buy like, a lottery ticket. <laughs> Maybe you'll win like, the good lottery now. I like to be <laughs> VIP, but not this kind of VIP. Um, yeah, so that's about it, I guess. So it's all out in the open now. And I think the two is just like, I needed to be okay in order to come out. Like another reason why I didn't want to tell people is don't send me flowers. I'm not dying. And I remember like when my mom died and there was like tons of flowers, I was like, oh my, like every time I walk past them, that's all that you think about. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, like when you're buying flowers, you never think of that other side of it. But when you're like going through something and then you have to clean them all up because they die and stuff, I was like, okay, I'm not telling anyone because I don't want them to buy me flowers. I don't want anyone to treat me any different. So I was like, oh, if I, you know, if I tell a vendor, would they be nicer? Maybe I should have told one vendor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, same thing with staff and and everything. Like I just didn't Mm -hmm. want to be treated differently in any way. Mm-hmm. And that was a very good lesson for me because being, you know, being able to step out and look in, not being treated differently opened up my eyes to people that I need to remove from my life. And I never would have done that before. It was just mm-hmm. normal. And their toxicity was just how they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's amazing how that actually affects you without you knowing. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I have to say, it's not a plug, but if you're ever in doubt and you don't know what to send people, edible arrangements are like the greatest thing in the world (laughs) because who's going to say no to chocolate covered fruit? Yeah. Yeah. And it it fills your stomach typically at a time that you wouldn't want to eat, but it looks Mm -hmm. so damn good that you eat it anyway. So I ate the entire platter that was sent to me from someone. So it's like, that was one thing that got sent to me when my dad passed. And I was like, that was like the greatest gift that like somebody could have ever done because it's true. Sometimes the flowers are like, then they die and then you want to hold on to one and you want to keep one. And then it's, it doesn't hold the way you want it to. And then you're even more upset that you've got to throw it out. And this is your moment, but the food is the food and you're going to eat it and it's done. So yeah. yeah, shout out to Edible Arrangements, and this is not a plug. This is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the other thing that was crazy with with cancer is you get chemo brain, which is similar to a baby brain. Oh like, my gosh, that shit's real. <laughs> yeah, that real. that's the only area that I've noticed that Luba is not well because some things like. Okay, tell me. I need. To, I need. To, I know. Like I, I catch myself on the podcast where I'm like. Okay, I totally forget what I was talking about. Like I've yeah. caught myself doing that a few times, and that's recorded. Yeah. Um, but okay, but give me some, give me some examples. It's just funny. like she forgets things so much, <laughs> or like she'll do things twice. Or actually, I notice it the most in our filing system because there will be like folders that are the exact same, <laughs> <laughs> but like one is like 
typed normally and one is like in all caps and I'm like oh she couldn't find it so she just made a new one <laughs> and there's like duplicates of things Chemo brain yeah. I can't think of a specific thing but you just forget things a lot and, and Becca just rolls with it she's like yeah. okay yeah like, mm-hmm. I forget things too sometimes <laughs> but it bad. does seem similar to like prego brain or yeah. oh my god I never like believed that. it I never believed it I thought it was the biggest crock of shit I'm like what the hell are people talking baby brain Dude, that shit is real. Like there'll be times that you're live in a full-on conversation and it's like my brain is working faster than my mouth or and the words just don't come out or yeah. words get like molded together. Yeah. So like if I was trying to say like Luba and Becca, it'd be like Lecca. And yeah. you're just like, hold on a second, what? <laughs> and it, but your brain doesn't compute it until you hear it out loud and you're like, okay, never mind. And you just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Oh god. It's well, and I know that like people can't ask. I was on another podcast a couple weeks ago, and she would ask me two questions at the same time, and I would answer it, and then I was like, "And and what was this?" And I would just say it. I was like, "And what was the second question?" Because like I just can't retain it. It's just like, yeah, it just goes right through in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like my my writing is bad to begin with, but the issues with my hands, (laughs) my writing has become even worse. So like, there's no point in even writing anything because I can't read anything that I'm writing. Uh, it's um, like ESL. <laughs> yeah, and I am it's like not spelled. <laughs> a triple triple whammy for me. You can tell when she's using like the speech to text function on her iPhone because like <laughs> words will just be wrong. It was one day when she texted me and I didn't know what word she was trying to say, so I just like ignored her and she kept sending the same thing and then we finally got on a FaceTime and I was like, I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> like I thought it was just chemo brain. I was like, no, that's the thing. That, yeah, it was the thing. I think it was yeah. Cole's notes. Wasn't it was it Cole's, Cole's notes? notes. Do you know what Cole's notes are? Do I? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, it's like the short. Know. What? Becca it's like, know. It's, a it's generation like the shorthand of a book. Mm. It's yeah. like basically you can read the Cole's notes, which is like a quick synopsis of an entire novel that you have to read for school. Yeah. And you read it and you can get through this Cole's notes in like two days or you can take like a month and actually read the book. Yeah. Oh, no, we had Cole's the notes. same thing, but it was called Sparks Notes. Oh, maybe Spark Cole notes. doesn't write it any notes, <laughs> notes anymore. Yeah. So she like she sent me a text and she was like, Do you want the Cole's notes on it? And I was like, I don't know what she was. She was just ignoring about. me. I'm like, um, hello? Hello, Cole's. She's like, Cole's notes, like, Cole's did, notes. Did you want and them? I Googled it, but it was spelled and then she spelt it like like coal that you start a fire with like a piece of like, coal as opposed to like coal the name. Like, oh did I that, that yeah. must have been that must have been the I googled it and I was like I don't know what she's talking about I'll just wait till I talk to her next <laughs> and ask her so crazy instead <laughs> of like coal the name yeah yeah so it's funny yeah so I guess you know if you're having a bad day it could be worse. You could have cancer. So I tell one of my girlfriends that knows all the time if she texts me about what's going on. I'm like, hey, it could be worse. You could have cancer. Yeah. Be thankful for your health. Get a regular mammogram and pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hold on to your sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold on to your sense of humor. Um, and yeah, and if anyone's going through it, don't. Don't take it personally if they haven't told you. Um, I think that's mm. kind of what I'm the next step that I'm a little bit worried about when I come out with mm. everything is 
my friends that I have not told are going to possibly be angry with me on why I didn't tell them, but it is exhausting to repeat yourself and to relive it. It's Mm -hmm. exhausting. And, you know, I think that there comes a place too with, with certain people is some people are just in it to find out the details of it and don't really care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speaking in regards to my situation, but in any situation, you know, um, a prime example, mm-hmm. if someone breaks up with someone, you know, there's certain people that will call and be like, oh, yeah. my God, what happened? And they truly don't care about what happened. They just want the team behind what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I just want to understand. It's like, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm going to say there's also those people that truly care, but don't necessarily know how to say the right things. So don't take offense if somebody doesn't respond in the way that you expect them to. It doesn't necessarily mean they don't care. Some people just have a harder time and they only know how to kind of just avoid the situation and be there in another realm than to Mm -hmm. actually talk about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, And completely. I think that there's only been maybe two people that have said the things that I needed them to say. Overall, it's just, it's awkward. Like it's, mm. it's really, really hard. And there's, there's a few people that have just heard the news and I've never heard from them since. Right. And that's not necessarily them being bad mm. friends, just them not knowing how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, not one of our usual <laughs> fun topics but we tried to have a little bit of fun with it the elephant is now cleared the room (laughs) Um, thank you so much for joining us if you have any questions in regards to breast cancer or if you're dealing with it or um, anything please slide into our dms or you can also email us at comments at between both cheeks Um, becca where can they listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you search Between Both Cheeks, we'll be there. And you can follow us on Instagram at Between Both Cheeks. And thank you for listening. And if you are not sick, something you can do in Luba's honor is go donate blood. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I had a blood transfusion. That was another thing mm-hmm. I had. And Becca and Jake actually donated blood right after that. So please. Yeah, um, that's that something you don't think about. So cancer yeah. patients need a lot of blood sometimes. So if you're healthy and you're able, check yourself, check for lumps, and go donate blood. Thank you, and good night. Good night. <laughs>